Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people, we're back at it again, and thank you for joining us for another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Um, for me and Rockstar right now, this is round two because we did recording earlier and it didn't capture, so we're just going to start it all over again right now, <laughs> you know, so this week's episode is brought to you in part of Aegis Gun Care. You know, so please head on over to aegisguncare.com and see what all they have to offer for all your cleaning needs for your firearms, handguns, and rifles alike. Uh, now, outside of that, um, I want to go ahead and bring in the co-host. And um, every time I hit up the co-host or we're about to talk or something like that, I always have that song playing in my mind, you know, party like a rock, party like a rock star, party <laughs> <laughs> every time I'm like, I got to call up on Rockstar. Then that song just pops up in my mind. So without further ado, I want to bring on the co-host of the M-W Tactical Podcast, Rockstar. What's going on there with you, Miss Rockstar? It's, you know, another week, another day. Um, my weekend was good. It was busy, which is always how I like to do things. Um, right. And yeah, today at work was nuts, which I guess also better to be crazy than not crazy. So just recalibrating myself for the week and uh, yeah, excited to redo this podcast. I think we'll get even better content this time. Oh man, well, that conversation we had last time was epic. I, I can't say, I think that was, it was a great conversation. I just wish everybody could have heard it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, um, but you know, my weekend was actually great this weekend so I actually did a competition match um here in Colombia, and turned around I really wasn't worried about placement or time or anything my main focus was just to make sure my ammo would work properly at this match and luckily I went through the whole match and I probably had one malfunction the whole match so out of six stages one malfunction I was like okay I'll take that one all day I was happy that the firearm was working properly, no ammo issues, except for that one hiccup. But even with me not even really concentrating on doing anything for placement or trying to really compete against other people, I had more fun because I was just so happy that the firearm and the ammo was working in sync with each other. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was my highlight of the weekend. And, um, even after I did the match, I came home, cut grass, and came in, took a shower, and just relaxed after that. And then um, Sunday, I got up and attempted to edit the podcast, and I was like, oh, Lord, nothing captured. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's it right there. So um, outside of that... Um, what do you have coming up as far as anything with shooting? Hmm. Good question. So I am going up to Minnesota on 
on Sunday and I'm going to be meeting up with Clayton from Pivotal Defense and right. um, KD. So I'll be up there with those guys and I'll actually be spending the week up in the Twin Cities um, starting next week. So catching up with some old friends and seeing some people who are new friends and just, you know, staying hopefully on my game and uh, keeping those skills sharp. That's it right there. Now, are y'all going to be doing actual training or y'all just hanging out or planning something in the future or how's that yeah, going to work out? Um, this is actual training. So there's two different classes going on. So the first one is, um, I forget if it's pistol one, I think it's just the basic pistol course and that's on Saturday. But I'm going to the Badgers game, so I can't go. Um, I'm going to my best friends and some other folks. So it's uh, probably going to be some debauchery. <laughs> I'm not a huge, um, I didn't go to Madison for college. I went to Milwaukee. So my best friend went to Madison. So I did go to, um, I only have been to one other Badgers game, but I did go to, she lived right off of Regent Street, which is right by Camp Randall. So I've experienced the Saturday morning college football craziness, but this is a night game. So um, we'll have to behave a little better, I think. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if you into that whole tailgating stuff, um, when it comes around like college games and all that, um, down here in South Carolina, when the Gamecocks come, man, it's like a party outside of the stadium. Yeah. Right? And they have like a little area where RVs can park at. Oh. and um i have a friend of mine his mom has an rv and they've been doing that for something like over 10 years like every time there's a game they take the rv out there cook out friends and family come over and that's how i got introduced to cornhole and i was like fun is cornhole is fun <laughs> <laughs> but um but like i said if you want that um adventure like I said, come on down to South Carolina when they do that. I have yet to go to a Clemson game to see how the environment is there. But um, here in Columbia, Gamecocks game, um, it's an adventure just linking up with the different people out there and everything is different. Like I prefer to be outside of the game versus being inside the game. You know, it's so like when I first got here, I, sure. I, I was like, okay, I'm going to the football game. So I went to a couple of football games and but it was more fun outside the stadium than it was inside the stadium <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds about right that's how it is so at miller park um that was my, my first gig out of college i worked for a marketing agency and we had a contract with the brewers so i worked like 80 home games and um we had a setup inside the stadium and outside the stadium so i kind of got to participate in both the you know everyone who's tailgating the parking lot at miller park is massive it's acres and acres and acres and everyone's got their trucks and their cars and their grills and their beer pong tables and it's like a whole thing and they actually kick you out of the parking lot by the third inning you either have to go into the game or you have to leave because people would just sit up there and party the whole time <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah so I, I can't tell you what happens here at the end of a game because I'm like that like when it gets closer to the um, fourth quarter mm -hmm. I'm already out because traffic is horrible you know, you know, I just try to beat all that stuff so I can get 
and do whatever I want to do afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and um, let's dive into a quick commercial break. And when we come back, let's pick it up. Whereas from the conversation we had last week about one in the chamber or not having one in the chamber. So let's see how this will go. So for everybody else, please stay in your seats. Um, go ahead and get your water, your tea or your soda. Adjust your volumes and hear a few words from our sponsors. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, Visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. 
All right, good people. Thank you for listening to that quick commercial break. And I wanted to go ahead and ask Miss Rockstar from the conversation we had last week, whereas she was kind of timid about one in the chamber or not having one in the chamber. So what was your determining factor for saying probably not having one in the chamber? Yeah, so for me, I definitely like to be in control of everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It's an honest answer. <laughs> so for me, having that kind of that um, wherewithal of knowing that I'm the one who actually, you know, put around in the chamber, it's in there. I, I you know, I'm, I'm not just banking on one being there. I, I'm, I'm physically going through the motion of, you know, putting a magazine into the firearm all those things it's it for me it's just a it's a control thing um instead of hoping that i have a round in there ready to ready to fire um so yeah and, and i think a lot of it too is has just been safety based a lot of my training thus far has been very focused on just the safety components which i think is good um for someone who is not an avid shooter and just sort of really having the basics down before you know going into something else and, and really moving on to maybe that next step. So for me, it's still very much that kind of comfort zone of, of knowing that I'm in control of the situation and that it's, um, I guess it's just kind of been drilled in my head, just, you know, safety, safety, safety. And even when I'm down at the range, you know, I make sure that, uh, you know, my, my gun is always empty when I bring it home. I don't leave anything in there. And it's, you know, I, I empty all my rounds when I'm at the range. So it's, that's just how I've trained so far. And I also don't care. I have my concealed carry. I don't carry a whole lot. Part of that, because usually when I go and I'm drinking and that's kind of like a hard line with me, like I don't mix. Right. Um, I also have a motorcycle and that's another hard line. Like I don't, if I'm going to be on the bike, I don't have any alcohol. So um, that's just Wisconsin culture. There's lots of booze here constantly. <laughs> Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Those are kind of the main reasons, I guess, behind why I have not, uh, I haven't really thought about the one in the chamber. All right. So when I think of one in the chamber, um, because there was an instance where when we was over in Iraq and I had that same thought process because we was having like a lot of negligent discharges amongst the ranks and it was happening on the fob and both outside of the fob. And I just pretty much told my guys, yo, don't put one in a chamber because we don't need those problems of getting in trouble, this out or another. Then the stuff hit the fan. And then of course, we you know when I picked up my rifle, went to um, fire, all I heard was click. And that was like the scariest feeling <laughs> in the middle of an encounter. And then, of course, even going forward a little bit more into it, when you turn around and you look at it, and same thing I told you when we was trying to do the first recording, somebody that's standing 21 feet away from you can be on top of you within a second to a second and a half, depending on their physical ability and capabilities of being in shape. And a lot of people honestly believe just because they have a firearm, they can pull out that firearm, put one in a chamber, and effectively get a clean shot off which is not the case because even with one in the chamber your average person can come out of a holster put a shot on target in a second and a half 
So that extra action of racking one into that um, chamber to actually get that shot off, now you're somewhere about two and a half seconds. And of course, those seconds matter, especially when your life is on the line. And it's just something more conscious you got to look at. And like I said, the only way you're going to really mitigate it as getting the safety aspect in your mind is train more. And the more you train, the more you get comfortable with it, um, you know it's there and it's feasible for you. So it's just a matter of how do you carry? Do you carry on your person? Do you carry in your purse or a bag or something like that? But however you carry, you just got to practice that. Just keep practicing it. And then the more it becomes your normal, the better you're going to be with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like I said, um, ask that question this weekend when you link up with Clayton and Kevin and all those guys and then get their spin on it. And then, like I said, you hear the different scenarios that people give you from a training aspect and it light bulb might just come on and you'd be like, okay, I really need to take this a little bit more serious and let me focus on this a little bit more because everybody who says the same thing about not having one in the chamber, it always comes back to safety. Everybody sure. says that. So, which is a good thing, you know, in theory, when you turn around and you look at it, but realistically, every encounter that happens to you is not going to happen starting at 21 feet away. It could be somebody ambushed you and now they're right on top of you three feet away. Or look at the video, whereas um, the lady was getting into a car and when she realized that she had already pulled the firearm out and when they tried to hit her, she turned around and started returning fire instantly. Yeah. Or the, the lady that was carrying the bag of groceries and she just turned around, pulled out the firearm and took the guy down. You know what I'm saying? So every situation is going to be different, but being prepared because you got to react to it. Everything is a reaction once, you know, somebody proposed that threat to you. Right. You know, so um, just something to, you know, think about. I, I just wanted to touch up on that conversation because it, it kind of caught me off balance when you said that. I was like, really? <laughs> really? Okay. Um, let's talk about this a little bit more. <laughs> you know, so, um, I mean, technically, when you look at it, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just somebody who's been caring for a while their answer is always going to be, you know, I have one in the chamber, you know, my, my firearm doesn't have a safety on it. So my safety is my finger and my brain, you know, like how people talk like that. But um, it's just a matter of knowing yourself and how you react. You know what I'm saying? And then by you having um, the carpal tunnel in your wrist, right, that might affect the way you pull the firearm out or you know how you actually get sights on target or something like that so you have to know yourself in order to make a situation work for you regardless of the scenario yeah. you know which comes back down to training <laughs> that's the simple answer you just got to train with it you got to get familiar with it a little bit more you know so but that's all it is i mean there's no right or wrong answer it's just everybody is here to do the same thing which is get better you know what I'm saying? Because of the fact we already know, um, depending on where you live in the country, if you happen to call 911, there's a chance that it could take between seven to 15 minutes before, you know, help arrives, you know, right. from emergency services. So technically, when you look at it, you know, the way I look at things from my world and experience, two seconds is a lifetime. 
15 minutes is an eternity. <laughs> so <laughs> when you turn around and you weigh it out like that, like, holy cow, man. So, um, but being prepared and reacting to a threat, it's just a matter of mindset and preparedness. And that's really what it all comes down to. I like that. That's good. Yeah. So, but I'm curious to to know next week when we talk how this training session went. <laughs> so, uh, so what y'all linking up on the weekend or like it'll be a Friday night or something? So no, it's uh, I don't know when Katie's going up there, um, but that Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday is a pistol course, and then Sunday is a rifle course. So. Um, but I went up there, when was I up there? Over the summer. I want to say it was in July or August. Everything's kind of a blur. I don't even right. <laughs> yeah, remember the summer. It did so much stuff. Yeah, that's how it is for me, whereas everything runs together. <laughs> so, like, all my days run together. So I, I, I know what you mean on that one. Yeah. yeah. But, um, uh-huh. what, what are you looking forward to more, um, training with the handgun or with the rifle? Well, I'm missing the handgun training because I want to be at the Badgers game. So, but I did the handgun training last time I was up there, and I'm assuming it's a similar mm-hmm. um, class. I don't know that for sure, but I, you know, I, I think it's like pistol one, but I don't know that for sure. Um, but I actually haven't done a lot of rifle training, so I'm excited to do more of that and um, just get more comfortable using a rifle. I like going to um, different instructors, basic handgun class. And everybody always says the same thing to me. Like, why are you doing that with your level of shooting this out or another? Um, I'm a big believer in rehitting the fundamentals because yeah. regardless of what happens with you in a moment of panic, you know, you're not going to be trying to do all the high speed stuff that you think you are. You're always going to resort back to the basics. Right. right and like even when i played basketball um when i would practice and do stuff i would do a bunch of flashy stuff but when i was in the game i kept it bare simple <laughs> right because the fundamentals always was what you know ro- always rose to the top yeah you know? so um but I, I look at shooting the same way you know but whenever i take a class yeah i might take an advanced class here depending on who the instructor is but when I'm going around and I'm supporting people who I know who are instructors, uh, by all means, I jump into their basic class. And a lot of people, they will hit you up and be like, well, what do you think about this? I'm like, this ain't my class, boss. This is your class. I'm here as a student. So instruct me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to criticize you or anything. You know, give me your knowledge and yeah. let me break it down, <laughs> you know? So that's how I look at it. But uh, like I said, I love doing different basic classes also because um, I think a lot of times with me, and I'm pretty sure everybody else does this also, you get complacent and you get comfortable, you know? So even with me doing competition shooting, I realize like a lot of stuff I do is opposite of what I teach. You, you see what I'm saying? So and when I'm actually instructing, I'll be like, oh man, I got to actually elaborate on this. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even do this in competition. Like, what is it? What's going on? You know, so, um, but at the same time, like I said, when you're actually doing stuff like that at that rate, some stuff you can give or take depending on your ability. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, 
but I look forward to taking the next um, basic class from somebody as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Everyone's got their own little tidbits and I feel like you learn something different from from everybody, even if it's something, you know, even if it is the fundamentals, you can never, you can never practice those enough. That's very true. So let me ask you this one in regards to fundamentals. Last week, there was a school shooting. And it took me forever to find out what was taking place with this school shooting. And apparently the shooting was from a kid at the school. And somebody um, put up a Facebook post with a video of these two kids fighting. And this one kid was giving this guy the business. And I was like, man, he like legitly beat him down like somebody stole something. And next thing you know, it's on the news that, you know, he actually came back and shot the school up. Right. So, but I'm still unclear of the story. But my personal take, what I heard and what I've seen so far, it's ego is in play, you know, and as we said the first time when we tried to talk about this, the society that I came from is if you have a problem with somebody, the adults in the neighborhood, they will literally hey, put your bag down, take that jacket off. All right, make a circle, fight. Y'all fight it out, you fight your differences out. But then even after that, you still sit there and you talk about it. Right. And then, of course, when you're actually fighting somebody, normally you like, man, that was so stupid. And the next thing you know, y'all the best friends, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, I, I don't know why that fight happened. But I just know that people are making the school shooting and the incidents after the fact more than what it should be, in my personal opinion. But uh, like I said, I really haven't went back and followed it and researched it enough um to actually talk about it but what's your take on that as well yeah I think I've seen the headlines like he had been beaten up and like bullied at school but I haven't done really any more deep diving into it than that um but I think there's definitely there's there's I want to say like a shift somewhere in the generations and I don't know where I mean so I was let's see in seventh grade I want to say when Columbine happened um and that was really kind of the first time that there was this school shooting on a national level that really kind of rocked everybody and you know it, there wasn't prior to that in my childhood there were I I didn't hear about that. That wasn't like a thing. And for the most part, the kids that I grew up with, yeah, it's like you would fight on the playground after school. Like, you know, meet me at 3 p.m. by the flagpole, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> that was like a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> or you got beat up on the bus. That was like the other thing, like, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, but people weren't bringing guns to school. People weren't shooting people. They might have beef with somebody, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a life or death situation. You would have, you'd hold a grudge, you'd have an enemy or a frenemy, but it wasn't ever, it, it never seemed like anybody was a real threat, right? And at the end of the day, like you would go home maybe with a bruised ego, 
or, you know, a black eye or, you know, <laughs> just a few bumps and bruises, but no one was getting shot. So, right. yeah, I think that, um, like when you said there was a shift somewhere in the generations, I honestly think that shift is from big America standpoint, meaning the entertainment industry. So honestly, think about it. Like when I grew up, all the songs back in the day were all love songs, right? When rap first came out, it was um, more educational stuff and people talking about parties and having fun, this, that, or another. Then all of a sudden, R&B took a, a change, you know, and R&B is not what R&B was anymore. And now everybody's talking about what they got, what they can get, you know, how many women they have. And I shot this person up and everything like that. And I think that's the shift right there was in music. And then even when you looked at TV, even though like some of the shows on TV now are super corny, whereas um, even look at the Cosby show, you know, and not necessarily whatever Bill Cosby done, you know, to end up in jail, but the outline of the Cosby show, you know, it, it showed a family unity, you know, which gave, you know, people of color something to look at and was like, okay, cool. I can relate to this. Right. Whereas when I was growing up looking at family matters, I could not relate to that. Right. Because it wasn't the America that I grew up in. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And I think once you started taking shows like that off of TV, you know what I'm saying? It, it takes away from stuff, you know, which takes us down this road where we are now. Um, now with technology taking its course that it has taken, um, the children, the younger generation are not getting the same attention that we got when we were children. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think, that's the big part of, um, I call it ego play, because um, people wear their feelings on their sleeves these days. And like, you turn around and you look at it, you can't even say hi to somebody without, oh, you offended me. <laughs> right? The way you said hi, you had your face frowned. Like I was tripping on that curve and I was still saying hi. What, what's, what's the problem? <laughs> you know? So um, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, like how everything's going on. And then um, even when you turn around and you look at it, um, Dave Chappelle just did his special that came out on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. And he's um, getting beat up from the, I'm gonna mess this up, LBGQT community. Did I say that correct? Yeah. LBGTQ plus. There you go. Yeah, so like, yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know. It changes yeah. a lot. It's hard to keep up, honestly. Yeah. So, but um, even when you look at it from that standpoint, it's some organization from within that community or aligned with that community of some such has um, asked for his show to be pulled off of um, Netflix. Yeah. But the whole thing is, it's like, the only reason why I went and looked at it is I'm a big Dave Chappelle fan, but I heard so much talk about it over the radio. And I was like, well, let me go watch it and see what I get out of it. And I think 
people are missing the message with what he's saying. They're taking what he's saying at face value versus looking a little bit deeper into what he's saying. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, for instance, you notice like how you've been around somebody and when something happens, somebody's talking and then he, this guy happens to cry. Then everybody, man, he was crying. Like he a little, you know, a little, you know, whatever, you know, but from my standpoint, when I look at somebody talking about something and they are crying about it, they care a lot about it. Like that's what resonates in my mind. So that's a message like, okay, this guy's either asking for help or he's telling you, Hey, this is how much I endure this. I back this. I love this. And this is the outcome of what's coming. Right. And it's like the message is being missed because they're taking it for face value. Well, you said this and it hurt my feelings. You missed the point. <laughs> You're missing the point. You know what I'm saying? But only thing he's, what I got out of it was, Hey, everybody needs to come together and stop bullying across all fronts. Right. That's what I got out of it. Yeah. I haven't, I've just seen snippets of it, but I have not listened to it all the way through. It's on my list. I do like Dave Chappelle and I think that he speaks a lot of truth and oh, I, yeah. also just like a very, so my mom was a big George Carlin fan growing up. So I listened to like a lot of George Carlin who um, I feel like I think a lot like he does. He, if you do like the Myers-Briggs personality, he's an, he was an ENTP and I'm an ENTP. And I feel like the, like the dark humor that he sees and um, I don't know, it just kind of talks about in the world is very much how my mind works, but I'm overall like a very happy, positive person. And that's like pretty natural, but I also just sort of see the world collapsing. Um, and he's got a book called Brain Droppings <clears throat> that I listened to while well, I've read it. And then I listened to it on, um, they have it on YouTube, like of him actually reading the, you know, reading through the novel. And I was working this job and I was driving all over the country to different events. So I listened to brain droppings as I was like driving around from like Florida to Texas to New York and all these places. And uh, it's, it's such a good, I don't know. I love how he sees life. And I just love like how he would just call everybody. Like he called everybody out. He didn't care. You know, he didn't care where you were politically. He didn't care where you were um, socially. He just let everybody sort of have it. And I feel like Dave Chappelle is kind of in that similar vein of like, yeah, like I'm, I'm coming for you. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like no one is immune to, no one is, no one is too good to be picked on, right? Like everyone deserves to have their, their little corner of the world, you know, you know, examined and looked at and maybe poke some holes in some things and, you know, maybe make some fun of some things. But at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're all having this human experience and you can't just walk around upset and offended and like butthurt about everything. That's not like right. a healthy way to live your oh, life. No, no, it's not. You can't live like that. Yeah. Um, I think um, with a lot of comedians, they send their message, of course, through their jokes. But mm -hmm. I think somebody like Dave Chappelle and um, even Kevin Hart, I think that a lot of times they realize or they figured it out, hey, I can't come to you with this conversation, so let me tell it this way, whereas I can get your attention, and then you'll pick the message up in the process. Right. And um, 
like I said, it's genius when you turn around and you look at it, somebody saying something and they're saying one thing, but the message is something different. Right. Right. So like, um, not to spoil it for you, but, um, Dave Chappelle was talking about, um, this man who was transgender and, um, goes by the name of Daphne who was, um, came to him and stated like, okay, she wanted to do stand up, and she opened up for him. And he kept saying like, yo, she sucked. <laughs> like her jokes were horrible. He was like going in on her. And it was funny when he was talking about it, but then he turned it around, like the next topic, he was talking about the same thing. And now you understand the message and what this person was going through and everything like that. And just being shy, you know, being in the spotlight, like on a stage like that. And, you know, just couldn't work the craft and everything like that. So, and I feel like I said, the message was hidden um, or missed by people like, hey, get him off of Netflix. or he's wrong for doing this, this, that, or another. Um, but like, like I said, I have my opinion on a, a lot of other things as well. But like I said, if you haven't checked it out, by all means, go check it out. Come up with your own opinion and tell us what you think about it. <laughs> no, but um, but I do believe like conversations need to be had, whereas we as America need to come together. Because honestly speaking, the next thing that's driving us apart is um, being vaccinated, and I think that is the newer level of separation yeah. you know and it's already started it's already started um like um where was i at when this conversation i was in georgia i was in a class in georgia when this took place and i'm not going to say the organization of what class i was in but um this lady walked into the environment we was all sitting there talking with the instructor and when she came in, she had coughed and the guy that was sitting next to me kind of gave her this strange look. And she was like, oh, don't worry, I'm fully vaccinated. Right. <laughs> and I um, automatically I was about to say something, but I was like, nope, don't say anything. Just let it play out. This or another. And then um, later on, that's how the conversation went. Like when we was in the class, like when we all went to lunch and everything, it was, oh, you're not vaccinated. You can't eat inside of here. Right. So like I said, the new separation <laughs> that's about to take place. So, and I see it coming in how people can play into that. And like I said, it's, it's about to get ugly, you know, when that does happen, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I think it will. It's, uh, it's a really interesting time to be alive. I mean, I have seen back and forth stories of with the, what's going on with Southwest Airlines and whether or not. Mm -hmm. Their flights are being delayed because their staff is walking out because they're fighting the mandate. And I've, this morning, that was like the headline on Drudge Report. And I read the article, but I'm like, I don't know. I've kind of gone back and forth on what's really going on. There was another article that Bloomberg has up that was really talking about the, um, uh, basically they have to like December 8th to figure out what they're doing and right. renegotiate a lot of things in their contract. So um, I don't know if this is going to be a pre-strike or an actual strike or what's happening, but 
I thought it was interesting that, you know, Southwest's initial response was that it was due to weather and, you know, air traffic control, but then the FAA came out with a statement saying, um, well, it wasn't weather. We haven't had any weather-related issues since Friday. So I think that's sort of what got people talking about it. And then, you know, the airlines that had canceled flights or, you know, had, um, you know, had issues, Southwest by far had the most. It was, there was a, a pretty big disparity and they, they had no comment on it. So I, I think that's another thing too. It's like when, when companies aren't honest and when the news isn't reporting what's really going on, it just breeds more distrust among the citizens. And, oh, yeah. um, you know what I mean? It's like, how do you get to the bottom of something? Well, like I said, once you look at it, um, the news source should have been the neutral party and stated what it is. But of course, we already know what's taking place within the news organizations, whereas different, you know, companies, political influence and everything sways the different people to put out information. And like this morning when I got up after my little workout, um, I turned the news on and I went to headline news. And they was talking about it and they was like, well, you know, it could have been a power outage or, you know, the training of the air traffic controllers, right? That automatically I went to Instagram, started flipping through Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. The employees were fighting the mandate. That's what it all came down to, you know, but once again, that transparency is not there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and I believe the art of being in journalism is being lost as well because i want to say i read something that stated they're trying to pass something within a new bill or something that's going to give the newspapers or reporters like twelve thousand dollars or something like that which again you know i'm saying look where the money's coming from so now these people are going to have influence over what's being put out which is going to leave us in the dark you know Totally against what the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and Bill of Rights and all that was proposed for us as the people to be informed of what's going on. So there's not one main source of power within um, the branches of government. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's already, I mean, most of our media is owned by just a handful of big giant conglomerates. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, it's like, how do you... And I mean, if you look at history, the people who controlled, that's the first thing that, you know, a tyrannical regime would do. They would come in and they would take over the press because mm -hmm. if you can control the press, you can control your image. And if you can control the image, you can get a lot more done because everyone just thinks you're doing good things. Yeah, like saying the same thing over and over again so everybody believes it. <laughs> so now with that being said, and this right here is something that I truly believe. If the medical side of things are laying off uh, medical staff for refusing to take the shot, what if that actually takes place within like the police department, the fire department, you know, EMT workers, and any type of other um, emergency services where people would need assistance of some such? now what type pandemonium is going to take effect 
You see what I'm saying? Because a lot of people are not going to be accustomed to, um, as we would call it, jailhouse rules or street rules. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because now you, the law is not being enforced. And a lot of people are not going to know how to defend themselves or who to turn to for help. And I believe everything is going to turn into the climate of like the walking dead, where if you got pockets of people who form up together and they're just trying to survive, you know, versus everybody coming together, communicating and saying like, Hey, look, we're all in this together, but this group over here has got to take from this people so they can survive. And, you know, so I believe that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, so I forget if it's Portland or Seattle, but one of those cities is already expected to lay off. I want to say it's like 40% of their police force if they don't follow through with the mandates. I'm like, what? That's like a. Are you serious? That's a lot of. Yeah. I should, I'll look for the article and you can hmm. stick it in the show notes. <laughs> but I was like, what? This is really bad. Um, that would really. I don't know. I, I feel like it would be a rude awakening for a lot of people. I'm going to tell you what got me was when New York um, decided to do that whole um, COVID card um, situation, whereas you can't yeah. really go nowhere unless you show, okay, look, I'm vaccinated. And then California followed suit. Now I wonder who's going to be next to do something like that. You know, um, yeah. Say again? Probably like Chicago, if you just go down the list of the next biggest cities. But I think that will that will destroy Chicago's economy like yeah. really fast. <laughs> Cause you gotta think about it, like the political influence that's in New York and California. Okay, both places have um big money funneling through there. You know what I'm saying? So they probably can hold out a little bit longer, but Chicago, mm, I don't see that in that area happening like like it would be in New York or California. But then again, if something was to happen, it's going to happen in the middle and probably work its way outward <laughs> versus on one of the yeah. coasts and then push towards the other. So it's all speculation, all speculation. <laughs> and then the what if game when you turn around and you look at it. But the best thing we can do is prepare for the worst, get the training that we need. And then um, if you don't know how to do certain things, this might be the perfect time to try to play catch up and learn a skill or two. Um, get with somebody who knows how to process meat, um, somebody who knows how to um, the hike camp and survive off the land, learn how to fish, learn how to hunt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This, this might be that time for survival yeah. needs to really kick in that I believe two generations have already started losing in a sense of speaking, you know? So um, what do we do? What can we say? And how can everybody open their minds up? Because once the, I believe once the internet goes down, <laughs> you can see people running around with the head, like a chicken with his head cut off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's how i see that so um but um let's go ahead and prepare for the next commercial break and bring in the interview section with the good people at aegis gun care 
and hear what they got to say about their products. And also they sponsor M-W Tactical in the realm of shooting. And as we already stated at the beginning, they're hosting this segment of the show as well. Um, but before we go ahead and get out of here, we do know that you're going to be training this weekend and we wish you luck in that and gain all the knowledge you can gain and have fun in the process. And we're looking forward to hearing how your experience with that training class went. But um, outside of that, um, you want to go ahead and remind the good people of how they can get in touch with you or follow you or just start a conversation or get talking points. Yeah. So I'm most active on Instagram and I'm at rockstar burst. It's B E R S T. And that's where I post. I don't post a lot on my actual wall or feed or whatever you call it, but I post a lot in my stories and I'm pretty active on there. And I have a lot of people that I DM with day in and day out. We talk about the end of the world and how to prepare for it. And we share a lot of funny pet memes as well. So <laughs> if you have any animal videos, you can always send them to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is so um but everybody if you want to follow um, me please um head on over to facebook look up um m-w tactical youtube look up m-w tactical instagram twitter and tiktok look up at m underscore w tactical and anything else you want to say to the good people before we depart on this commercial break mm, no but thanks for uh tuning in and listening and uh it's an interesting time to be alive. So there's lots of fun stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think there's a lot more stuff we need to tackle, but we need a little bit more time. So we're just going to break it down week by week <laughs> and play catch up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, like I said, if anything, please, everybody, go get some form of training. Um, start a, a conversation that makes you uncomfortable and you might learn a thing or two. You know what I'm saying? So um, just try it. If you want to hit me up, you're more than welcome to hit me up. I'm willing to talk to anybody at any given time, you know, but, um, but for now, let's go ahead and adjust our volumes and go ahead and get that refreshing drink. And if you're driving, turn up your volume and here are a few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, 
Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for listening to that commercial break. And this is the interview section. And of course, during the interview section, I met this couple a couple years ago. And it was just out of the blue, just walking. And I was like, hey, all my friends have some form of a lubrication sponsorship. So I'm going to talk to these people and see what they're willing to do. Walked up to them, held the conversation. And to me, the rest is history. This is a product that I have used on the regular. And anybody who's around me, I always tell them, hey, try a little bit of this. And it's one of those products that when I let people use it, they'd be like, yo, man, I need to get some of that. <laughs> so, and I don't mind sharing it because every time I share it, all of a sudden my supply runs low and then I just get some more. But I want to bring the people who are the mastermind behind this product. And the name of the product is called Aegis. So if you follow me on Instagram, one time I had a hard time pronouncing it. I had to write, hey, Rod, how do you pronounce this? I called them and I made like a little clip on that one. <laughs> so, and a few of y'all found it funny and y'all called it and said, was that for real? Or were you just joking around? Nope, that was a real moment. So I had to literally call them like, how do you pronounce this? And I didn't want to be pronouncing the wrong thing and then 
you know, I had to go back and correct myself. So I was like, let me just do it from the start. So without further ado, I would like to bring in Rod and Shelly of Aegis Gun Care. How's it going for you two? Good, man. How you doing? Doing good. Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So first of all, I want to say thank you for coming on to the podcast. Secondly, I want to say thank you for supporting us within our shooting endeavor within the sport of shooting competition. Oh yeah, you know, like I said, I I enjoy meeting people, but at the same time, I've always said y'all had a great product, a product that I stand behind that I saw work with my own eyes before I even used it, just hooking other people up there in um Vegas. And then when I got home and started using, it, I was like, wow, this stuff is remarkable. <laughs> you know. So can you go ahead and um, tell us a little backstory of the Aegis product and how everything started for you all? Yeah, sure. Well, before we do that, I want to jump back real quick to this phone call about Aegis. Folks, he's 100% serious. I was sitting in my office right here where I'm at one day. Phone rings. It's Michael. I go, what's up, brother? And he goes, hey, how do you spell, how do you pronounce this name? <laughs> That's 100% true. Hey, and Michael, I just want to add to that. Don't feel bad. You're not the only one. We've had several people like, is it Aegis? 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 What is it? So you're not the only one. (laughs) Well, you know, I was looking at it from a marketing standpoint, and I was like, I can actually spend this and pronounce it wrong, and it will catch with people. But then I was like, well, then again, I don't want that to catch. And then it becomes a mockery. And then people start making a joke of it. So that's why I decided to call because I was like, I didn't want it to go the wrong direction after it blew up and then it went south, <laughs> you know? So, um, but yeah, so let's, um, like I said, can just start off with the history and how y'all got started and what prompted y'all to go ahead and get into the lubrication and firearm industry. All right, well, I guess we'll start back several years back now to start. Um, at that time, I was in the oil and gas industry after serving several years in law enforcement, like 14 years in law enforcement. I moved into the oil and gas industry. Um, shortly after that, my wife moved into the oil and gas industry. And we we're both working in Texas doing that. Well, with the downturn and everything, company, small company I was working out of San Antonio started having issues and stuff, and they had to start laying people off. Well, I was basically a high salary that didn't do nothing. So <laughs> I got laid off. When I got laid off, Shelly and I decided we want to do our own company, some kind of franchise operation. So we started looking and we found a franchise company in Texas that cleaned guns. That's what they did commercially, ultrasonically cleaning guns. We looked into it. We jumped in both feet and said, hey, we want to do this. We bought a franchise the first franchise in Houston, Texas for it. So that goes along for a few years. We're doing all right. We're having fun doing it. And so I guess after several years into it, the whole company came up for sale. So myself and another franchisee, he called me, said, hey, do you want in on this? Do you want to buy this? I said, yeah, let's do it. We talked, so we bought the company. Ran it for several years. Shelly and I then decided to move back home to her home here in Idaho, where she was from. And I'd lived here before too. So we decided to got back to Idaho. Um, things change in life. You know how it goes. Your, your vision changes, your goals in life. A lot of things change as you go through life. We decided that we didn't 
being with that other the old company wasn't for us anymore. It was time to move on. So I left that company, left left my ownership with them, left it to the partners. They have that company now. Um, kind of kicked around, you know, it was like, what are we going to do? We've had it in the back of my mind. I'd like to stay in the industry, but wasn't really sure. We kind of left that company with not a clear plan. We just it felt right. It was time to do that. Um, Shelly got a good job here in Idaho. So we thought, well, now we can maybe do something with this and with some encouraging some with some friends that are in law in not law enforcement, but in the firearms industry and other businessmen that I know, they said, Hey, you do good at it. You're a good guy. Why don't you jump back in it? So that's what we did. And we started looking for company names, which, oh my God, that was a pain in the butt. <laughs> trying to find a name for a company that my attorney wouldn't reject. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that, you're violating somebody else's trademark. You can't use that. Oh, wow. Okay. So we finally got to Aegis mm. and we were good with it. And I'm like, and it, it, I think it was meant for a reason to have the name Aegis, mm. you know? And so that's when Aegis was born this, this summer sometime after, I think, what, a couple months of back and forth with the attorney, with this, with that, with the state. I mean, I didn't want to jump into it too fast because even I have some really good friends. Like, well, I'll even put a shout out to Jason Murph with Grill Your Ass Off Seasoning. Jason mm -hmm. was really good behind us. He's got a very good company. He's a good businessman. And he was quick saying, just don't get in a hurry. Take your time. Do it right. slow. Do it right. So mm -hmm. we did that. Got moving on with that. Um everything just started coming together, you know? And so we went with Aegis and that all went through, got all our following with the state. And I think was it been two months ago, maybe a little under two months ago, we actually hired up the company. I think, and I talked to you too, you and I talked right. a little bit and I told you kind of what we were doing. Right. Right. And so, and just to throw it out there real quick about Aegis. So for those who don't know what Aegis means and what it is, and why I felt that in the end, it was meant to be for her to have this name. I've always loved the name. I think it's cool. But Aegis was actually uh, a shield, a breastplate for Zeus and Athena that had mystical powers in Greek mythology that protected them. It's a shield, a protector. And as you know, with our lube, our lube is a shield and a protector with being heavier than water, having um, rust inhibitors into it. Everything it does, it actually protects your firearm. So Aegis just seemed like to be the right fit it's a shield so it he just protects that's kind of one of the things we use and it does it protects it shields your firearm well i, I can actually attest to the protection that it provides so like i said i'm a big fan of it and um like i said everybody i come in touch with always hey try this out tell me what you think um and of course you know you can't appease everybody had a few friends um well i don't like it you know because of course, if you're used to using something you've been using for over 10 or 15 years, it's hard to break away from it. Um, unless it's something like that, that really turns your eyes around and be like, holy cow. But, um, but everybody, majority of the people that I let use it, they is like, where can I get this stuff from? And I'll tell them, but I always tell them like, Hey, if I give you this bottle, you don't have to use a lot. Just use a little bit. Cause that little bit will go a long way, <laughs> you know? So Oh yeah, most yeah, definitely. That that thing about people using other products, we've started doing some gun shows and stuff to promote our product more of at a grassroots level. It's been very successful. That's what we're kind of great for us. But one of the things that <clears throat> at these shows I hear a lot people go, well, 
I use whatever product they use. I've used it for years. I love it. Why should I, I, I won't use yours, but you're nice people. Some, some comment like that. And mm-hmm. my um, response to them is always, well, good for you. Stay with your product. If you're loyal mm-hmm. to them and it does what you needed to do, stay with it. Stay with it yeah. If those owners of that company knew you were saying, they would appreciate your loyalty because mm-hmm. I appreciate that loyalty from our customers when I get that feedback. Correct. You know, that's just, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I don't get into this hard sell say, well, no, you should switch to ours. You're stupid if you don't. And here's what, no, it's, I actually tell people, you know, stay with your product then. Good for you. Oh, yeah. You have something that works for you. Yeah. I always like to tell them, hey, just try it, try it once and see if you like it. If you don't, then you can stick with your product as well. So, oh, yeah. I look at it both ways. Well, I've, it's, it's cool to have brand loyalty like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the selling point for me was when we was out there in Vegas, when you, you had gave me a couple bottles and said, hey, just try it and see um, what you think. So I was already like, cause when I was going to Vegas that year, I had a bottle of cologne and it was like a four ounce bottle and they wouldn't let me take it on the plane. So I had to get rid of it. So I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to go back with this big bottle. So um, the people that was with us, I turned to Brenda and I was like, well, I'm gonna leave this with you. And when you mail me my stuff, can you mail me this bottle with me? Um, with my stuff so I can get it when I get back to South Carolina and she was like yeah I can do that I was like all right cool but one of the bottles you gave me when we would left you they was doing like um a rifle demonstration like probably about 500 feet from you and every time this person was pulling the trigger you just see them racking it every time and I was like that's an automatic weapon and it shouldn't be um acting like that you know like semi-automatic so um, I was like, here, try this. And I just left the bottle with him. And then that's when you had said, like, somebody had came up to you. You got, you. Me. You got me yelled at. I got you yelled at. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I've told you this before, though. We, but we were after that, I was glad you brought that up. So I was going to throw that out there. Where we gave you those bottles. And a short time later, after you guys left, because we talked for a while, got to know each other. This mm-hmm. lady comes across the street where they, the vendors across the street at the, um, the show, the shoot we were at, correct, or shot show, but the try and buy was across the street. They were shooting fully automatic weapons over there. Well, mm-hmm. This lady comes fairly quickly, heading beeline right to us, just staring at us. She <laughs> walks up to me and she's got a bob of our lube and she goes, "Is this stuff yours?" <laughs> and I kind of looked at her. I'm like, I don't know why. <laughs> so, <laughs> you need to come with me. My husband needs to talk to you this stuff's impressive mm. so i'm like i grabbed another bottle or two off the table told my wife and my business partner time said i'll be back in a minute mm. so i walk over there with him and that's where the gentleman was over there shooting fully autos and he had a couple other brand name blue products that i won't say that right. on the market sitting there and he goes oh she walked up she goes honey this is the guy and i said what's up what's is there a problem and he goes well no he goes what is this he goes I've been shooting, we've been shooting full autos here all day. And now the guns are jammed because they're extremely dirty. Right. Goes, We're wiping them down. We just can't get them to run. He goes, some guy gave us this bottle mm-hmm. of your stuff. And we wouldn't, we, before we weren't able to get through a magazine without it jamming up. Because we're getting through four or 500 rounds, 600 rounds at a time now, but we have to reapply it as dirty as they are. Yep. Because <laughs> this other stuff's not working. And so that there we want, and I, we gave him a couple more bottles and went about our way. Right, that was it right there. It was kind of funny. I, I laughed. And... Yeah, 
Now, did he stay in touch with you um, even after that show in Vegas? For a short time. For a short time, we did. Got it. Got it. Yeah, so... Um, they invited us to another big shoot in Utah. Mm-hmm. And we just couldn't pull it off to get down there with them, but... Right. Well, well I think... Um, I, I think, like, if y'all was to actually go to the bigger shows, NRA, USCCA, and actually, you know, give that hands-on demonstration on the ranges, I think everybody would be like, yeah, I need to get my hands on this stuff, you know, um, because, you know, everybody actually has their own brand and everything. And then actually, when you're actually doing a comparison, um, for whatever y'all ingredients are, it's, I'd never had to reapply any type of lubricant after putting it on the night before gun just sings all day, especially like last year when I went to nationals, I didn't have to reapply. And, you know, you're shooting three matches in three days. So like step, uh, was it seven stages in three days at national and I didn't have to reapply and all my friends, they was reapplying. And when I went to go reapply, I was like, man, I still got lube on there. (laughs) It didn't dry up or anything. So I was like, put my firearm back together and I was like yeah I'm good <laughs> went back out there and the rest was history yeah I've oh, were you gonna say no, something? Go ahead. I was gonna say we've had there's a gentleman that does I think he's starting out in competitive shooting mm-hmm. I did a video that I put on Instagram showing that ours is heavier than water poured it into a glass of water right. and everything and this guy bought that got online bought one of our gun cleaning kits with our products in it and then sent me a note and said, Hey brother, I tried your stuff. I bought it. It's awesome. He goes, and I'll tell you, I, he goes, the point you showing porn in the water, he goes, that just sent it home for me. He goes, as soon as I saw that, he goes, I jumped right on and bought it from you. He goes, that was pretty cool. And he goes, and it it was cool. He goes, it does work. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It really does work. Like I said, I'm a firm believer of it. Now, can you actually um, talk about the cleaning kits? that you um, put together just so happens guess what i have a couple of them sitting here right <laughs> we, we actually now have three cleaning kits we started with just this one this was our what we call the field cleaning kit mm-hmm. and at first this was put this one together it took some time to get everything together um was only going to do one thing one kit right that, that'll work um, this came together because not only do I have this business, my wife and I own this business, I'm a shooter. I'm not competitive like you guys. You know, I like to shoot. I'm a consumer. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to find a kit that's in a small, compact form that has a little bit of solvent, has some brushes, has microfiber cloth, all these things that into a kit. And you did a rundown of a video of it, which was pretty awesome. But and I couldn't find one, couldn't find one, couldn't find one. So I, you know, what the hell I'm in the business. I'll just make my own. Mm-hmm. So it took a month or so of tracking stuff down. And we found these kits, these little pouches, they have Molly on them. You can hook them to your bag, throw them in a bag, whatever. Got the Velcro patch. The field cleaning kit comes with the, the um, black and white US flag on it. Um, take it off, put your own patch on, whatever you want to do. So we did that one. And it was very successful. The gun shows, we were selling them like crazy. Everybody's like, dude, this is, I've always wanted something like this. Right. And we have them in four camo patterns. 
the ACU digital like this one, we have a purple blue camo, we have a black and we have a woodland. Mm -hmm. So we did that. Wasn't really looking to do another one. I thought that kind of does it. It's got um, 223, got a brush in for two, 223, five, five, six, nine millimeter, 45, and got a pull through slotted um, jag thing for putting your gun cleaning patches on it. Got a wire pull through cable. All that's in this. I thought that's pretty good. It's It, it covers as a Field cleaning, the basic things you most people have, 9 millimeter, 357, 38, 40, 45, even 10, and 556. Right. Okay, that works. So we sold them. They were selling good. We were doing good at it. People were happy with them. Well, we were looking at supplies. We were checking stuff out one night, Shelly and I on the computer, and we run across some other ideas we saw. We thought, well, let's do just one for handgunning. A handgun kit. Let's do another one. So we decided to do that, search it, and then we came up with our deluxe handgun kit. We used the same bag, the same pouch, everything on it, but this one you can see it comes with our Aegis Gun Care Velcro PC patch, comes on this one mm -hmm. with it. Um, we then, it's got all the same stuff in it except for a few added items. It's got a couple more brushes, as you can see, for different calibers. It's got, instead of just the cable pull-throughs, this one also has two brass rods to hook together to clean with just your standard brushes. It also has, what, what I thought was cool we were able to get, is this brush that just screws onto the brass rods. Mm -hmm. And then... It also, the other thing I thought was cool, it has jags. So if you want to push your jags through, your cleaning patches through with the brass rods, got those. And we also threw in the pull-through cable. So if you want to do that with the handle. So, oh, and it's all, it came with also, we also threw in a little pick. It's got a little screwdriver on one end and then a pick on the other end to get into hard to reach places with that. So, And then, of course, the most important, the... Uh cleaning products in it as well <laughs> four ounce and two ounce <laughs> four ounce yep. and two ounce they're yes. all built around that so when we saw that and she, it was actually shelly's idea she goes let's do this let's put this together let's do a different one right. the other one was successful so yeah. okay let's yeah. do it so we did got everything together and we just this, this one's just been out for a short time and it's we're starting to sell some of those too and then we then decided well since we did those two levels, let's do a very basic, basic gun cleaning kit, kind of like we did with my whole company. Mm -hmm. So we have these little pouches, and, and we thought, okay, we'll get these. And this one is what we just call our basic cleaning kit. It has a four-ounce bottle, a two-ounce bottle, a nylon brush, and a microfiber rag. And that's it. It's just a basic cleaning, again, built around our products. Right. Logo on the front and everything. So that's what we ended up doing with our cleaning kits. And oh. unless something comes up, I think we're not going to throw out any more cleaning kits quite yet. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like it because of the fact it gives the versatility of you're providing a case that 
it can carry around with you. You know what I'm saying? So versus like some products will send you the, I mean, some companies will send you the product in a box and you got to formulate your own little carrying case or figure out how to carry it in your range bag. And you already actually solved that portion of it. Um, another thing that I really like about the deluxe kit is I call it a dental pick because it's like the dental, the dentist, you know, cleaning out your teeth and everything. And of course, yeah, yeah. And then when you actually like clean your firearm for somebody like me, I try to get in every crack and crevices and that right there will make it that much more easier. And it, to me, like I said, you thought of everything that can revolve around all levels of shooters. Yeah, like I said, I actually put these together. Shelly and I worked on them, but my idea was just was not as for a business to sell it. I, I put tried to put it together from the consumer end, from Correct. the shooter end. What do I want out on the range? What's handy to me? Yeah, like I said, I think I'm an average. Yeah, I, I like it, especially um the long Q tips, because when I actually clean my firearms, I actually go get Q tips from the store and by having the longer ones with the wooden um, handles makes it so much more easier to get down instead of taking it and then using something else to push down and wipe it out. Yeah, because that's, oh, that's, a, that's a good to know, Michael, because um, we like feedback like that because it's like, you know, oh, yeah, should we put this or that? And, you know, the Q-tips, I think, um, was a good idea by Rod. And but I wasn't sure, like, oh, OK, is this something that, you know, people are going to really want and use? So it's nice to know that is something that is that you that you like. And it's the longer Q-tips instead of just, you know, regular store-bought oh, yeah. Q-tips. And they have to point it in on the one. And that's what I like about these ones. Oh, yeah. Now, outside of the cleaning kits, um, what other products do y'all have that y'all offer to um, the public? Um, just swag. Okay. Just, we have patches. We have shirts, hats. Um, got some neat like this coffee mug. Right. Stuff like that. Um, hats. Got hats. We've got quite a bit of stuff on our website, and we're, we're getting more as people right. call us and say, hey, I would sure like to have this shirt with this design. We have a couple different things we do. Right. You know, we have, I don't think I we. Think. I mean, there's just, yeah, several different things that you can go and choose from in our swag. I looked over to see what Aegis shirt she was wearing. I thought she had the Idaho one, and she's got <laughs> a Yeah, she got an MW Tactical <laughs> shirt on. <laughs> I, it's one of my favorites and i'm not i'm not just pulling your leg michael this is one of my favorite shirts so i'm like i gotta wear that today <laughs> this is no shit she wears that shirt and charlie melton cmp charlie mike precision shirt more than any aegis shirts <laughs> true. i appreciate it yeah I, I really appreciate it <laughs> hey that's it right there Oh, I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I remember when I first seen the logo, I was more like, that is a cool logo. Like, and I was like, that is, like, when I first seen it, I actually showed um Coach B. And I was just like, hey, what do you think of this? And then she was like, that's pretty awesome right there. And I was like, that is awesome logo. I was like, I wonder what it actually implies and everything. And then, of course, you know, when I started looking into it and I was like, oh, OK, Greek mythology and all this and that. OK, I like how it ties in with each other. 
yeah, and it was it was kind of cool. The again, don't want to act like I'm shilling for him too much, but Jason, grill your ass off. I was trying to come up with a logo, trying to come up with a logo, and I finally talked was talking to him on the phone. He goes, "Here, call, get a hold of this guy, his graphic cards. Just get a hold of him through email. Here, send him an email, tell him I sent you, and have him do something for you." So mm-hmm. the cool thing about it is I got a hold of the guy through email, and I said, I just told him what I wanted. I said, I want. Uh, kind of, uh, what you say, a Spartan type warrior, some kind of warrior with a shield and an AR-15. Mm-hmm. That's all I told him. But he asked a few questions about my background. I told him I've been law enforcement. I was former law enforcement and all that. And we really promoted law enforcement. So that's when he sent me the sketch, hand sketch. I said, yeah, that looks cool. Let's go with this. And then he did it. He colored it all. And that's when we come up with, you know, most of the time, your Spartans, your Roman gladiators had red right on them he changed it to blue because of the law enforcement right well that's cool and so then he finally sent me the final thing and he said what do you think and i was like dude that is that's awesome yeah it is a nice looking logo yeah that's a very nice looking logo yeah it's ours you know it's our our logo it wasn't something we copied from somebody else we you know it was it was drawn just for us right that's awesome this right here is a section um, I like to call quick fire. And all it is is a series of questions. And however you determine that question to be, it's how you answer it. So there's no leading into it. So however you determine, like if I say um, fried chicken over baked chicken, if you determine it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, that's up to you. All right. All I need is an answer. All right. Nope. All right. So here we go. Quick fire. Loyalty or respect? Oh my God. Oh. Oh, respect. I think respect too. Okay. Handgun or AR? No, handgun. Handgun. Okay. Full size or compact? Compact. Compact. Mm-hmm. One in the chamber or not? Oh, absolutely one in the chamber. In the chamber. Okay. Iron sights or red dot? Ooh. Red dot, I think, for me. For Well, if I'm using it on the handgun, iron sights. Okay. Smith & Wesson or Glock? Oh, God, you had to throw Glock <laughs> against Smith & Wesson. <laughs> I'm an old school Smith & Wesson guy. The first gun I ever carried in law enforcement was a 4046 Smith. I love the old, um, but as far as what I would want to carry if I was on duty again or in combat, it'd be Glock. Okay. I'd probably say Glock. Okay. Over the ear protection or in the ear protection? No, in the ear. In the air. Ear. Mm-hmm. Open carry, concealed carry? No, concealed. concealed. Mm-hmm. Kydex or leather holster? Kydex. Kydex. Okay. Safety or no safety on the firearm? Uh, no safety. Mm. Safety. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's your only safety right there. <laughs> Shot show. Yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> Shot show, NRA, or USCCA? 
Ooh. I've never been to USCCA. I've been to the other two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? This might be weird, but I'm going to say USCCA just because I've never been there. So okay. that's a good answer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Insane. Yeah. So now, how can it, um, the good people actually find you on the internet? And if they want to reach out to you, how can they contact you? Uh, the best way to find us is our website is aegisguncare.com. That's where you can buy our lube, solve, and our gun cleaning kit, swag, whatever. And the best way to reach out to us, if you just want to send us a message or something, is it aegisguncare at gmail.com. So you have guncare at gmail.com. So one of us will respond. Gotcha. So now um, just remember when you actually spell out Aegis, it's A-E-G-I-S guncare.com. All right. So um yes. yeah, so don't don't go spelling it E E I G I however you want to spell it, but it's A E I G. Well, I, I done messed it up. A E G I S guncare.com there we go <laughs> on our website you've seen right when you open up our our website it shows the pronunciation of it correct and i put e e e dash j u h s that's mm-hmm. how you that's how you pronounce it e just right you know which i hope that doesn't confuse some people and i think that's how it's spelled that's not how it's spelled that's just the pronunciation of it so everybody <laughs> understands yeah, we'll get it straight and everybody will get over there and funnel to it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, was there anything else, um, last minute stuff you want to go ahead and let anybody know about Aegis or anything y'all have upcoming next for you all? Um, some gun shows we're going to be at um, here in Idaho, here in Napa at the Idaho Center is a really big gun show. I think it's the 6th and 7th of November. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to be there. Um, looks like we're going to be at the Wanamaker show in Tulsa, Oklahoma the next weekend after that, the 14th or 15th, 16th, the middle of November, we'll be in Tulsa, as long as that doesn't get canceled again, hopefully it doesn't, but we plan on being there, looking forward to that one. We signed up for it twice last year, and it got canceled both times because of COVID. If you will, head on over to AegisGunCare.com and see the products that they have, and go ahead and pick up a gun cleaning kit. Whether it's the basic, the regular one, the fill kit, or the deluxe one, and see about getting some swag as well. And tell the good people at Aegis Gun Care that you heard about them on the podcast. And let them know your true thoughts about the product so they can actually make it better and then customize it for your customer needs as well. Once again, I want to thank you both, Rod and Shelly, for coming on to the show and um, sharing your products, your vision, and your history building up to what you have today. And like I said beforehand, I'm very appreciative of your product, and I'm a big fan of it as well. Oh, thanks, man. Thank, thank you, Michael, and uh, thanks for your support, and good luck to you and your competitions in the future. I know you're going to nail them. Hey, I do appreciate it. And thank you also. <laughs> so if you will, um, everybody, please stay in your seats. And here are a few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun 
you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunters HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunters HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunters HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic holster is available in four different models fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please, 
go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.